This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, would you guys find your seats? I'm going to read a couple passages that the Holy Spirit has been just um, prompting me to add to the message today. And one of them is, uh, it ends with a familiar passage. Many are called, few are chosen. And, you know, so much uh, today, I'm just, I'm tired of talking negative or hearing negative. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. And, you know, the Bible says that we are the ones that bear the good news. In fact, the gospel means, say it with me, good news. It means, that's what the, so when, if I'm talking about the gospel, I'm full of, I am. I'm full of good news. And what happens so many times is, is people will, because they're just talking about what's going on in the world's affairs, they're so filled with the despair and the disappointments and the confusion, the lies, the frustration of it. And then all of a sudden, then they'll, they'll put on the end of it, kind of sometimes the way people pray. Can I, um, I'm going to give you an example. In fact, I'm going to give you a story that happened to me uh, years ago. And it was a lesson that God uh, showed me. And it was a time where God says, I'm not going to answer this prayer. I'm not going to answer this prayer. That was the message. That was the lesson I learned. What happened was, is um, I was uh, working as a uh, children's pastor in Grand Haven. And this sister who um, I I, I guess visited our church. I didn't really, I never met her before. um, Didn't know or wasn't acquainted with her. um, Called and and asked for me to come to her house to, um, to pray for her. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, things were, and this, this is a few years ago, uh, so we went and did a house visit, and I got a, another brother, and I, I'm not going to go to a woman's house alone, amen, so I got another brother to go with me, and we went there, and I, I, had, I was praying, and let me just tell you something, you guys, God is there before you are. He's there before you are. He's there in your workplace before you are. He's there before you start your car, before you get in the car on your, in your, you know, um, your commute. God is before we started this service today. God was here. And so the thing is, is are we connected to God who's here or are we just going through the motions because we're here? And so I want to just share this with you guys that what happened was is as I get there and and uh, this lady comes out, and she's, um, and it was in a uh, condominium complex in Grand Haven. And uh, again, when I meet her, I didn't even recognize her face or anything. And, um, and so I'm listening. I'm listening to her, but I'm listening more to the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you guys listening? I'm listening to her and what her situation is, but I'm listening more to the Holy Spirit. I'm wanting the Holy Spirit to get me connected with what he wants. Because Jesus said it so perfectly. He says, I only go where my father is. I only go where my father is. So I don't want to step into something because I don't, I'll be, you know, I don't have any dogs, but I've, I've, I've stepped into plenty of yards I've had dogs. And I've stepped into stuff that I didn't want to step into. Amen? And there are things spiritually you don't want to step into. There are things spiritually you don't want to step into. 
So this is one of those things I said, I want to step into the right place. I want, you know, God says he prepares the steps of the righteous. God does this. These are things that God does. And I want to get in. I'm, I, I struggle with my eyesight, my spiritual eyes. I struggle with my ears, my hearing what God's saying. I struggle with, in fact, we're going to be talking about that today. I struggle with my heart being perceptive. And so I'm, I'm yielding. So I'm, I'm hearing. And she goes, I just want you to pray for me, Pastor Ron. And I go, well, um, what's your situation? She goes, I just want you to pray for me. And the Holy Spirit asked me to do the weirdest thing. You know, the Holy Spirit a lot of times will ask you to do the weirdest things because he's preparing you for what's next. And all, all I get the Lord telling me to do is, um, do you have a cot here? I'm like, I don't want to, she think I'm going to sleep here with her? What? I mean, I'm just, you know, and this, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to. And so I argue with God inside. You ever argue with God on the inside? I argue with God. I don't want to do that, God. I don't want to do that. That's really weird. And so, and I, are, and so I, I say, well, you know, what else is going on? I'm listening for something else. I'm listening for something else. I must have heard wrong. So it, by the third time, God goes, ask her for a cot. I said, ma'am, I don't know why, but the Lord is asking me, do you have a cot here? She goes, yes, I do. Why does it matter? I don't know. I go, I have no idea. Maybe you're supposed to lay on there. It's just the first step that God's asking me to do. So let's do the first step. And then I'm praying to God that God clears this mess up because I'm just as messed up as you, all right? So she goes, okay. She says, uh, but I have something else that I want you to do right now. And I go, well, what is that? She goes, well, I don't really think it matters. I go, what do you mean it doesn't really matter? Because God's asking us to obey him in this. He goes, what do you mean it doesn't matter? He says, well, I want you to pray for me, Pastor Ron. Like so-and-so prayed for me, and so-and-so prayed for me, and so-and-so prayed for me, and nothing happened. And when you pray, nothing's going to happen either. And instantly God said this to me. He says, Ron, I want you to learn something here. Because this is why I gave you my name. Jesus. And using the name of Jesus in vain isn't what you think in the world is cussing and saying blankety blank this and blankety blank that. He says, that's what you think using my name. He says, any Christian that uses my name and doesn't attach faith to that prayer is using my name in vain. And so he taught me such a lesson in that point that before I even start praying, I should be start producing faith in my heart before I end it in, in his name. Amen? And many times we hear people talk today like, well, I can't hurt to pray. You're not in faith at all. So please stop. Wait on God. Maybe God has a weird thing for you like to go get a cot or whatever it is because he's trying to get you engaged with the power of the kingdom of heaven. Because there is a power that's of God in his kingdom. And we're going to read this today. In fact, in fact, in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 22, this is a passage God has been just all week long. He's been ringing in my ears and this morning again. Matthew chapter 22 Verse 1, and I know they don't have any notes, so please write it down in notes. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they were all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls, the fatted calf have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guest he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers 
insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their towns. And he sent to, and said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the streets corners and invite everyone you see. Before I go further, do you see anybody inviting people to church today? Nobody does it anymore because of COVID. We're literally disobeying what God wants us to do because of COVID. And yet God said that our job is to invite people to the banquet, invite people to the kingdom, invite people to Christ. And yet we're being shushed. We're shushed. Is that a word? Anyway, it is today, all right? <laughs> all right? So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good, bad, alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed one man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. The friend, he says, how, in the wor- how is it that you are without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw them into the outer, outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Body of Christ, I want to share that there is a hell that is real. And we might think that we're living in some form of it. Let me tell you something. No, we're not. No, we're not. Hell is a place of torment. Right now, we're living in a place of confusion. But hell is a place of torment, eternal torment. You wouldn't want, if you, had your, if you could imagine the, the person who, is, who has punished you and, and persecuted and chastised you and created all kinds of you know, hostility toward you, you, if you had a picture of hell, wouldn't want that person to spend one day there. That's how bad hell is. And Satan has disguised our picture and it got us so busy with the affairs of this life that we're losing sight of why we're here. This isn't home. This isn't home. Home is heaven. My citizenship is in heaven. And that there is a place, and God says, look, I want you as a servant of me, as a servant and ambassador of heaven, invite others to the banquet. Invite others to his banquet. Invite others to the marriage supper lamb. Now, here's what the Lord is telling me to do right now. He's telling me, he says, get my people prepared. I don't know what he's preparing for. I talked a little bit about this last week. He is getting us prepared. And the way to do that is from now on, every single weekend, after every service, we're going to ask if you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit and refilled and refilled and refilled. And I'm going to give you a passage in John chapter 16 at the end of the service. Because it is time for people to hear what God is saying in this hour. It has always been time to hear God's voice. But never has there been such a precedent of the world being so noisy and people so confused and not tuned in to what God is saying. And let me tell you something right now. We are coming to the end of the Gentile age. I have preached on the end times and times past. I'm not going to preach it right now. We are coming until the end of the Gentile age. Then there's going to be seven years for the Jewish age. God's promise the last week what God talked about. He said to Daniels, there's a last week, seven years left. And in that seven years, it's not talking to Gentiles. The promise isn't to the Gentiles. It's to the Jewish people. 
All right, yeah, will there be Gentiles that get saved? Yes, we are living in the, what they call the church age, the Gentile hour, and it is time for us to grab the grace of God in this hour and be so inflamed with the Holy Spirit, preaching and speaking and literally doing the miracles of God. Let me tell you something, God told me this. He says, I am not gonna last the last hour of the Gentile age in some decay. God is going to come out with a flame. He's going to come out with a fire. He's going to see, you're going to see an outpouring of God. But it's going to be the remnant that sees it. It's going to be the remnant that sees it. And many of the church people aren't tuned into it. They're not here. In fact, right here it says, right here we just read it. It says, the people, God said, go invite them. Many of the church people aren't listening. They're so busy in the affairs of this world. So busy with all the noise going on. So trying to take care of their own affairs that you're not here for your affairs. You are here as a servant of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why we're here. We're losing sight of that because we live in a world that's all about self. That's what we're taught. How churches, are, you know what? And somehow the church has evolved and going how to make yourself life better. But that's not what the gospel says. The gospel says, die to me and live for him. John the Baptist, who was the one that prepared the former coming of Jesus. And that's going to be the same thing the Holy Spirit's going to do in the church. That we're going to be like John the Baptist. And John the Baptist made this famous statement, less of me more of him that's how you're going to tell the remnant when the remnant's not talking about the affairs of this world the remnant's not talking about the struggles that are going on in this world the remnant's not talking getting so caught up with the affairs and everything else that's going on they're going to be talking about what god's doing on the inside well man yeah i see this kind of crazy out there but you should hear what god's doing in here you should hear. He's burning inside of me a newness of life. He's burning inside. I'm waiting for it to get out on my hands and I can touch people's lives with the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now it's just a brewing. It's just a brewing on the inside waiting to get on the outside. That's what he's doing today. He's getting on the inside waiting for us to be a servant of him and then he's going to perform his last hour of power. We are going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit has ever, ever, ever had. And it's going to come through a remnant. So how in the world are we going to know what a remnant? In fact, that's what this whole series is about. You know, and, and we know in times past, that's how God moved. God has always moved through a remnant. He moved it, and sometimes that remnant maybe just, I mean, get down to one family, Noah. And he was a messenger of righteousness. Or God would start over with someone like Abraham. Or God would bring a deliverer like Moses or Joshua or a people like the 12 tribes. God has always raised up and right now it's the church. And right now it's, even, it's so sad is that the church isn't the church. The church is an, an entity of God's hands and an entity of his legs and his body, but it's not the head. You know what, what tells my hands to move? The head. Who's the head of the church? Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And yet today you'd go over there and, and there's, it's, anyway, I'm not going to go on this. All right, number one. All right, number one, um, I want to share with you guys, and this is how we're going to know the remnant part of it. And that is this, the high call means there's a low call. I'm going to talk about in Philippians 3, we're going to turn there in just a minute. We're going to talk about the high call of God. The remnant is the high call of God, which means you're going to have to hear 
the voice of citizenship, which is point number two. We're going to have to hear it. There's a high call. Well, if there's a high call of God, there must be a low call. You can't have a high without a, a low. And I want to share with you that many Christians today don't understand being weaponized and stop, stop acting like a child. A child is one that always wants their needs met. They don't understand that they were born for a purpose. They were born to go and make a difference. A young person who starts to assert themselves, a lot of times fighting mom and dad. Uh, you know, in mom and dads, if you, have a, you know, if you have a son or a daughter that's doing that, all, and I, I get it, we don't want them to turn into rebellion, but what a young person's doing to assert themselves is they're trying to grow up. They're trying to recognize that there's, that, that there's a purpose in their life and, there's, and that they see things differently. And you know, in and of itself, it's not bad. As long as they're underneath your roof, they got to obey your rules. But they got, what's happening is on the inside of them is they're, they're growing up. Well, we're supposed to do that spiritually. We're supposed to, in fact, there's scripture after scripture, talks, he talks to the spiritually mature. Well, if there's a spiritually mature, there must be the spiritually, say it with me, immature. If they're spiritually mature, there's got to be spiritually immature. If there's a high call, there's got to be a low call. So let's find out about what that high call. In Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 12 through 21. Paul writing to the Philippians people and, and sharing what's going on in his own heart. And, you know, in this whole book, it, it's Paul revealing himself, trying to get what's in him into this, this, this group of people. This is what we're supposed to be. Is it? What, what God does on the inside, it's not some creed or some letter on the outside. God writes his ways and his love and his power on the inside of us. Philippians 3.12 says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end, the race, and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling. Let all who are here, it comes with me, spiritually mature. All who are, which means if they're spiritually mature, there's also spiritual immaturity. Agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain, but we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. Dear brothers, sisters, pattern your life after mine, and learn from those who follow our example, Paul says. For I have told you often, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross. Now, conduct means behavior, activities. Now, here he defines what that is, okay? They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life on earth. Do you see? God, can re God equates immaturity with people that only think about this life. That people that are just caught with the appetites of this world and that they gotta, they, that they gotta feed on that. And God equates spiritual maturity, look at verse 20, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus lives and we eagerly wait for him to return. He will take our weak mortal bodies, change them into glorious bodies like his own, use the same power with which he will bring everything underneath his control. 
Can you hear people? God, can you hear? I mean, today we're here in the bass, and, the, and the, I don't even have any idea what that thing is. But anyway, it just creates us some kind of beat. You know what? Can, can you hear the beat of God? I can. It's faint, and God wants me to hear it, and even more so. Because I'm sharing with you guys that the gospel, the good news, the, you know what God is doing on the inside is greater than all the nonsense on the outside. And if all you're focused on is that, then you're missing your citizenship picture. I get, I'm not denying, I'm not in, in a denial. I, I live and I breathe and have, I have interactions outside of me. But that's not how I live. Inside, I live with the Holy Spirit. Inside, I live with a hope. Inside, I live with a, 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 a contract with God saying, God, you, I am your servant. What would you have me do today? Number three, Paul focuses on this high call. How do you do that? How do you focus on a high call and get out of this low call? How do you focus on maturing and, and, getting, and stop being immature? A, looking forward hearing forward, praying forward, proclaiming forward. When your dialogue is always about the past, whether it's hurts, I mean, there are churches today that literally are struggling because they, they literally formulated a, a, a directive from a move of God. And it was a beautiful, awesome move of God. And God was doing something new. And they didn't grab it. And so they're held in bondage doctrinated, capsulated by something in the past. Paul says the high call is this, forgetting those things that are in the striving forward. God is doing something new. It's not going back to normal, people. I'm not concerned about normalcy anymore physically. I am, they say, I want so much more of God. God, I don't want it normal. Do something new in our hearts today in the church. Do something new. Can you fathom what it had to feel like in Pentecost Day? Okay, Jesus has met with hundreds of followers, thousands of followers. And then they find that there's 500 of them get caught up in an upper room. And all he gives them is one thing. He says, wait till I fill you with the Holy Spirit. This promise. That's all he, that was the only thing he asked him to do. At least that's what was recorded. Only thing he asked him to do. And then, like their people like today, what happened? They got, they got impatient. And this, all of a sudden, a couple of them, you know, I'm sure that they're kind of looking around, waiting for, I'm sure that a lot of people are bowing their heads. And, and then, so while they were bowing their heads, some, some people ducked out. And then the next thing you know, more ducked out because they're following, they're following others that are ducking because they're thinking it, they're ducking. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, I mean, we're 120 people left. 380 people left that room. 380 of them that had an encounter, a direct encounter with Jesus. And yet God was waiting for those who would not go by these, but go with these, this. And hold on and trust, no matter what, what is going on, they trusted what God had said. I love this song, The Dry Bones. That is so prevalent. The church and people are in such a dry place. We need such a move of the Holy Spirit on our lives today. High call. Looking forward. Letting go. You know what? There's things God says, look, great things happened in your past. Behold, I'm doing something new. Letting go of the past, good 
or bad. 1 John 2, um, I'm going to reference this passage because this is one of, you ever have one of those passages where when you first get saved and, and it's one of those, um, it's, a, it's a pillar of truth that changes you forever. This is one of them for me. 1 John 2 verse 12. I'm writing to you God's children because your sins have been forgiven. So God's kids know that their sins are forgiven. Okay. I'm writing to you to who are mature in the faith. Oh, here we go. There's a difference here. Who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith. So there's three phases. Mature, young, babies, children. Children know their sins are forgiven. The young in the faith and then the mature in the faith. And then it goes in verse 14. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's words lives in your head. Is that what it says? God's word lives in your heart and you have won the battle with the evil one. You've won the battle with the evil one. You've not won the battle over your affairs of this life. You won the battle over the evil one. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17 and 19. Jesus replied, and he had just got done asking his disciples, uh, hey guys, who do you say I am? You know, what, you know what, what's going on in your, in your heart there? Simon says, you know, he picks up and he goes, you are Christ, the anointed one. And here's Jesus' response. You're blessed, Simon. Son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. So, the way to conquer hell in your life is not about people and what they're saying. It's about when the Holy Spirit drops something right in your heart, and you go, that's truth. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And last of all, number four, do not love this world. That's getting easier and easier for me. <laughs> do not love this world. Recently somebody had um, talked to me and said, Well, Pastor, you know, it's easier for you to say that you have everything. I go, um, it's not, it's, here's the thing. God doesn't care if you have things. God cares if they have you. That's the problem. And the thing is, is I don't give a rip about any of it. In fact, I think to me, life looks really easy to preach behind a prison bar than the responsibility to live outside of it. It's, I, I would, life would be simpler. It'd be more captive in, in focus. And yet today, it's hard to gather and try to be relevant and try to help people understand who Christ is in the midst of so much lies, so much confusion, so much division, um, and so much apathy, and just fear. Just, it's just rapid Ravid going on. And, and I ask my question, God, am I doing what you want me to do? If I'm in the way of the gospel, I 
I don't, I want somebody, give me, I want to be, sometimes I want to be like Elijah and I want to run and just, and, and, and get, uh, find an Elisha. But God says, you're my servant. And you know, as a servant, I don't have a choice. It's not my choice, it's his choice in me. And I believe today, the body of Christ, the remnant of God, I believe God's waiting for you to say, look, I don't have a choice. I think so many times in our life, we've gone over there, we think we're, we're of our own and we can do whatever we please and whatever, and think however we want to think and do, you know what? That's not a servant. And we have, and I preach that we're heirs of Christ. I believe in that. I believe that we're joint heirs with God. I believe we have authority. But I think we've come to, and I know I probably have preached it wrong myself in some ways, but we have erred on the point of so much self-will and not God's will. We've erred on it. And the whole church family is, and everybody's just doing their own thing and not getting on their knees and say, God, I just want to do what you want me to do today. What do you want me to say today? What do you don't want me to say today? 1 John 2, verse 15. Do not love this world nor the things in it. When you love the world, now this isn't me speaking, okay? This is Jesus speaking by his spirit through John. Do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see. A pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Are are you in your prayer closet? Are you asking? By the way, it's in Hebrews 6, it talks about what pleases God. It's faith. God is asking you. The only way to please God is by trusting him in an area of your life, and that you can't, it's not something you can do on of your own accord. It's not something you, faith is where the impossible happens because you're attached to a mighty God. And so your first, your first exercise of, 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 of what you need to be doing right now is finding yourself here and say, Holy Spirit, I want to be a vessel that hears and, and sees and perceptive cleanse me cleanse me from the affairs of this world cleanse me from my past cleanse me from the frustration God I want to hear I started that that story about the lady I didn't finish it God spoke to me and, and told her he says I will not pray for you because I will not use the Lord's name in vain I will not be added to your list where you can mock Christ because Christ doesn't do anything. I think so many times, well, that doesn't seem like the Christian thing to do. The Christian thing isn't to do is to please people. The Christian thing to do is to please God. That's where we're missing it. We are always about what is pleasing here. We need to be what's here. And then we'll see. When we get this right, we're going to see this get right. Amen? And so I, I've never forgotten. Those are those moments. But the only way I would have known that is that the Holy Spirit would reveal. And by the way, do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you? He wants you to be engaged 
with knowing who you are in him. I'm going to read this last passage and we're going to close. And Jesus said very clearly, and he's talking to his disciples, and they're mourning because he just got on telling them, hey, guys, I'm, I'm checking out. And uh, they're going, no, you can't. You've only been with us for three years. Are you serious? You can't leave? I don't know it all yet. I, I, don't, I, I haven't learned what I need to learn yet. And, and you, you, there's so much more power. When you pray, things happen. And when I pray, not so much. You can't leave now. You can't do that. In fact, I've, I've, I've left my business. I left my, I, I left my fishing biz, my career. I, I left my tax career. I left all these things. And now you're, you're checking out in three years? What kind of retirement plan is this? Can you imagine what we would be saying? And the disciples are, they're just caught up with what they're thinking of this world. And Jesus is trying to get them. He says, look, that's the journey. Less of this more of this less more and it's a journey and in john chapter 16 we jesus talks to his disciples he's you're his disciples now i'm going away to the one who sent me and the one and not the one of you is asking where i'm going instead you grieve because of what i've told you but in fact it's best for you that i go because i don't if i don't the advocate won't come if I do go away, then I will send him. And when he comes, he will convict. Now, here's three things that should always be going on in your life. If the Holy Spirit's present, it marks three things that the Holy Spirit, he convinces, convicts us of three things. How many of you are sinners? Raise your hand. Okay, well, okay. Here's the Holy Spirit right here, okay? All right. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So if we're hearing what God's saying, there's three things that we can be talking about. Yeah, I got this in, this in my life. I got it. You know what? God's convicting me of. I got to get rid of it. I want, I'm giving it to him. I'm not over it yet. I'm just, sin is a nature, by the way. Sin is a, is a nature, just like righteousness is a nature. And then and then it says, he's convinced me of his righteousness. It's like Pastor Ron was talking about. There's, it's something inside of me is rising up. And there, God has a, has a plan and a destiny for my life. I don't know what it means right now. He just, he's, but I'm getting prepared for it. I'm excited about it. This righteousness is getting inside of me. There's something, you know what? He's alive in me. And of judgment. All this, and so, you know what? The Bible says right here, it says, and of the judgment. And the sin that refused to believe me. Because righteousness is available because I go to the Father. And you'll see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of the world has already been judged. You know what it's saying? It's, all who are spiritually mature, I, I've never smoked in my life, but my parents both did. In all my life, I'd watch them smash cigarettes, making sure. It is time for Christians. It's time for Christians to step on the enemy because Jesus already judged him, put him in his place. Why in the world with all the authority and the might of God are you allowing him to direct his steps? So when you see confusion in your workplace, stop talking about it. Start praying about it. Say, in the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of confusion. It has no place. I thank you right now that my boss, he may not even know you yet, but God, he's going to have the right mind. He's going to operate in the right mind. I come against all of this cloudiness that's going on. 
Instead, but, but most of us, we do, we get frustrated with their steps. We get frustrated with their remarks. We get frustrated with their dictations. And we don't even realize they're just being led by the affairs of this life. Why are you getting frustrated with them? Why aren't you praying it out? Stepping on the enemy. We don't fight against flesh and blood, right? Principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. God is raising a remnant. I'm going to tell you something. What's going to happen is, is that you're going to be convinced of sin. Oh, God, Pastor, I haven't been doing that. I, that's, if you're not praying about it, then you're not in faith about it. And if you're not in faith about it, you're in sin about it. Because anything that's not of faith, the Bible, not Pastor Ron, the Bible says is sin. Anything that's not in faith, the Bible says is sin. So I'm in this nature that I'm not in faith about COVID or I'm not in faith about the government or I'm not in faith about the church or I'm not in faith about this. That's, come on, say it with me. That is sin because I'm not in faith about it. I need to get my heart in faith in every avenue of my life. I can remember many times with my kids when my kids were acting out. And you know the biggest struggle? I didn't want to get involved with their crazy activity. Because if I got involved with the activity, I would get out of faith. So what I did is I got my, on my knees, I got in my closet, and I said, God, help me see what I need to say. Help me see what you need to do. Help me do what you want me to do. Give me eyes to what to do. And I can remember being in a Sunday service, if you can imagine, in a Sunday service, preaching, and God gives me a view of my oldest daughter inside an ice shanty while I'm still preaching. I didn't miss a beat. He gives me a view of my oldest daughter in an ice shanty doing things she's not supposed to be doing. So I preached my heart out. I didn't miss a beat. And then I got over there and I got home and I got in that snowmobile and did 110 across that lake. And I found my daughter. And I found that young man running out of that ice shanty. He would have been traction. But he got too far, we got out of the way too quickly. <laughs> so, but the point is, is that God is revealing and reviewing and showing us things to come. And so many of us are just going over there. I don't know where she is. God knows where she is. So listen to God. I don't care if it's about your kids, it's about your marriage, it's about your finances, it's about your church family, it's about your workplace. God isn't like, oh, I didn't see that coming. God is gonna, his last hour, he is gonna pour out his plan. He is going to pour out, and he's going to show the devil who he is. And he's going to use his people to do it. You're waiting for God to do it, and God's going, he's waiting for you. you got to get filled and get prepared so the things you declare, the things that you do, just like the crazy dry bones, just stop being those rattly bones. Let's put some meat on this with Jesus Christ, and let's be everything that God has called us to be. Convicting me of sin. God, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Convicting me. I am a young man overcoming the wicked one. And of judgment, Satan, get underneath the feet again. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you that we're living in the greatest hour. This is the greatest hour of outpouring. Father, I can imagine what those disciples were thinking. This is the worst hour when Jesus Christ left them. And he just gives them an upper room experience. And then they're watching their friends just dispel. God, get us eyes off of our conditions. Even how church isn't filled up. God, I pray right now that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Even in this next worship set and even afterwards, I pray for a filling of the Holy Spirit. I pray for a flooding on the inside. Lord, that it dispenses the darkness, that it gets rid of the lies. God, that we're children of you, the Most High. 
and grow into the maturity that you've called us to be. With everybody head bowed and no one looking around, if you're here this morning and you're not ready to see Jesus, you're unsure of your salvation, this is the moment, this is a time where you don't want it. You can be blessed assurance that Jesus is yours. And if that's what the Holy Spirit is pricking your heart, your heart is racing, you know that's you, he's talking to you, I want you to raise your hand nice. I want to pray for you today. Anybody here say, that's me? Anybody else? Say, that's me today. Everybody here knows Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Say, Father in heaven, God, I pray the invite inside of our hearts today that we would go out into the cities, the highways and the byways, and invite people into your good news. This is the great time where Jesus comes alive in our hearts. We are born again children of yours born to do great things in Jesus name Amen If you liked this message we want you to share it Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv Get involved ask for prayer share your story Go to mylifechangechurch.tv I'm Karma Adams producer We'll see you next week